I use these for acid indigestion. So what are we going to use these for? Intimidation. It's movie week at DNVR, and Ooh. I love how we're doing this a little bit of February frenzy, if not March Madness, with <laughs> our bracket. I'm Andrew Macy, joined by Zach Stevens. Of course, we are two of the voices that you hear on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We cover the Broncos, so it's appropriate that Zach, you and I are going to take on a football duel. Yes. The 4-13 matchup in the Mile High Bracket in the NCAA Tournament. 4-13 is right there with 5-12 where you see some upsets. Yes, it is. And Mace, are we? do we have an upset on our hands? And I love this matchup. Of course, we've got Jerry Maguire going up against the Little Giants. <laughs> and both of the... I, why I love this, uh, this matchup, not just because they're both football related. Of course, I love that. But you also have two underdog stories. You know, Jerry Maguire taking the underdog path and winding his way through the good and the bad, eventually to, to wind up with the good. And then, of course, with the Little Giants. I mean, come on. The name says it right there. Little implies that they're the underdog. And boy, are they the ultimate underdog. And Mace, I think with this matchup, we have another uh, underdog matchup. Well, there's a lot to kind of unpack here with this. First of all, one of the things that I think is interesting is that they're both from the 90s, yep. the mid-90s, and in both cases, clearly the NFL is on board with each movie because you see NFL logos all over the place. Of course, point. in Little Giants, you know, we've got one team named the Giants, and then, of course, the, uh, the team coached by Ed O'Neill, yep. the great Ed O'Neill, by the way. His team wears Cowboys logos throughout so the nfl you know was looking at this as a way to kind of push you know the way kids are playing football and then of course jerry mcguire you literally have the nfl draft the arizona cardinals against the dallas cowboys in one <laughs> yeah. game yeah. and what is interesting though is that who would you say is the villain of jerry mcguire who do you think it is well, the one character that inspires hate is Kelly Preston's character, Avery Bishop, of course, who is engaged to Jerry at the start of the film. Yep. And dumps him as she's putting down media packets at the NFL draft. So think about <laughs> yeah. it. The NFL signs on for the movie and the villain of the movie is an NFL employee because <laughs> she's clearly that? like a PR type that works <laughs> yeah. for the NFL yep <laughs> I absolutely when you were going through all the connections with the NFL man when I rewatched Little Giants this weekend mm -hmm. the Giants low or the Giants helmet yeah. I loved that helmet the old school helmet look with when you have giants written out and the name oh yes because that's oh. what they had in that era yep exactly and ah uh, i loved that once they got uniforms of course they were ragtag and they were wearing uh whatever but they had the old they had the giants helmet of the 80s and 90s except with gray face masks and they wore red jerseys but even then like the red jerseys it, it they were new but they were plain whereas the cowboys were basically wearing the Cowboys alternate 
the Dallas Cowboys alternate uniform. So they had to sort of say, okay, well, this team got the NFL look, that's good, but they're still going to be a step behind in, in terms of the, a step behind the opponent, the big bad Cowboys. The, the, the one thing also about Little Giants that is interesting to, to discuss is that we have seen the play. The annexation of Puerto Rico. (laughs) The Panthers actually ran a version of this, but they ran it against the Houston Texans a few years back. But they were at the other end of the field. They weren't counting on having the annexation of Puerto Rico needing to go 98 yards. They needed to go two. (laughs) In what way did they do it? With the center? Yeah. That's where they got the idea. Think about this week. We've had the Chiefs with some pre-snap motion that went back to the 1949 Rose Bowl. But, hey, there's nothing, you know, everything's been tried before in football, even if it's been tried on film. So we've we've sort of set up here, okay, they're in, I believe, Urbania, Ohio. Yep. In the mid-1990s, and you have two brothers, of course, the O'Shea brothers. And Ed O'Neill's character is... Kevin O'Shea, former Heisman Trophy winner, local legend. He has, a, the, he has the name, too, Kevin O'Shea. He's got the uh, car dealership. Yep. Although, I would say this, if he wins a Heisman Trophy, does he really need to have a car dealership? You can make so. a great income <laughs> just being yourself. Ask former Bronco Ron Dane, who won the Heisman Trophy, played for the Broncos, of course, back in the mid-2000s, and... You know what Ron Dane's job is now? What? Being Ron Dane. (laughs) Ron Dane, Heisman Trophy winner. He eventually, even though he's from New Jersey, he moved to Madison, Wisconsin, where he went to school. His job is being Ron Dane, Heisman Trophy winner from 1999. I know John Elway, not the Heisman Trophy winner, but why doesn't he Mm -hmm. just do the John Elway style and just throw his name on a car dealership and make money that way, and then his job is be Kevin O'Shea? The other thing (laughs) is Kevin O'Shea... If he's a Heisman Trophy winner and a local legend, why is he coaching Pee Wee? <laughs> so you're saying it I'm may saying, not be factually correct. I'm saying that someone with Kevin O'Shea's resume, well, even though this guy doesn't have the Heisman, it's analogous to Dave Logan. Yeah. Dave Logan, mm. who is a successful broadcaster. Dave Logan, who when he coaches, coaches one of the top two high school programs in the state of Colorado. You'd have to say it's Cherry Creek or Valor. Yep. And where and Dave Logan, wherever, wherever he's he coached, yep. has been one of the top, if not the top, high school program in the state of Colorado. Yep. So how come Kevin O'Shea, Heisman Trophy winner, Ohio football legend, you figure he at least had a cup of coffee in the NFL. If he's an Ohio football <laughs> legend, I presume he probably went to Ohio State. I would think so. How is this guy only coaching <laughs> Pee Wee if he's coaching? <laughs> and then how can he not coach his team with a ton of superstars, in quotes? To beat his brother. <laughs> Especially Danny when his car O'Sh- dealership's on the line. Yeah. That's the car dealership. That's everything. Danny O'Shea, of course, is, you know, a little, little more of an everyman, to yep. say the least, played by Rick Moranis. And Rick Moranis does his Rick Moranis thing. You know, a li- somewhat awkward, a little bit nerdy yep. at times. He's got some, he, he's got a team that he puts together as part of this challenge, but it's a team of outcasts. 
However, as presented in the movie, the best single player on either the Cowboys or the Giants plays for the Giants. It's Becky O'Shea. Yep. The Icebox. Yep, the Icebox. <laughs> and, uh, man, is she... Is she and and what, what, what I love about her character is that she goes through the struggles the kind of you you would imagine she would have, you know? Does she want to go for the guy? Does she want to be liked? Does she want to be the icebox? Does she want to be one of the gang, like one of the girls? Right. And be a cheerleader? Right. What's expected of her? Or does she want to do what she really loves, which is actually play and not be on the sidelines with pom-poms? And she endures this struggle right up until the climactic game, of course, even in in the in climactic the game, right? Because she's she cheering at, at the start. Of, yeah, yeah. And, she, and when she runs out, and uh, she plays the second half in a skirt. Yep, <laughs> cheerleading yeah. skirt. And when she's running on, I think someone calls her Becky, and she says, "Call me Icebox." And then and then uh, and then someone else says, "Okay, good good luck, Icebox." And she goes, "Call me Becky." <laughs> Is it possible that in a day and age where women are getting opportunities in the NFL they didn't have before? Of course, Sunday in the Super Bowl Fifty Four, Katie Sowers is on the. Uh, 49ers staff and we have uh, and the Cleveland Browns also made a hire to their coaching staff uh, who's a woman so is it possible that that angle of little giants a if you're making it today the focus wouldn't be the O'Shea brothers it would be Becky O'Shea yeah and b is it possible that this movie was 25 years ahead of its time Absolutely. Absolutely it could have been. 100%. <laughs> the other team also, um, other thing about this, no one's going to sit here and say it's realistic because <laughs> you have at the exact moment that the Giants need to pick up the most, who shows up? <laughs> John Madden, Emmett Smith, Bruce Smith, Tim Brown, and Steve Entman. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good cast, huh? Well, but Steve Entman, of course, he was the uh, he was the number one overall pick in the 1992 draft. But you just think about that list of guys. Yeah, yeah. Gold jacket, gold jacket, gold jacket, gold jacket, and Steve Entman. <laughs> it is comical. And then, of course, you have the uh, the the pump up speech. Um, mm-hmm. Who 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 gives the uh, the? Oh, it's uh, Bruce Smith. Right, gives a pump-up speech and, and showing them how to be angry and how to be mad. Okay, is that but is that the least believable part of the movie? Yes. Okay, I agree. It's hundred percent. It's less believable than the annexation of Puerto Rico because we actually saw the a version of that play work in the NFL. <laughs> it's less believe at the time a a girl being the best player on the field, people would have thought that was crazy. Now. In a youth football game, you could see it happening. Right. The, the thing that doesn't make sense is these great players just randomly showing up in Urbania, Ohio. <laughs> I think they're on the Madden Cruiser, are they not? Oh, yeah. Oh, of yeah. Of course. Yeah, the- Urbania. It sounds like a planet, <laughs> not like a, a place where NFL stars are going to show up. Oh, my goodness. All right, so let's kind of— So that's the case for Little Giants. That's the case for Little Giants, we, but— Let's take that topic, the least believable part of the movie. What is the least believable part of Jerry Maguire? Hmm. The least believable part. What do you think it is? Well, 
Broncos fans would say it's the Broncos having the number one overall pick in the draft. <laughs> yep, you're certainly <laughs> right. <laughs> because they've never had that. Now, for all we know, it could have been via a trade, but a thrust of this movie is, of course, Jerry Maguire representing Cush. Cush. Frank <laughs> Cushman. And Cush believes he he's either going to Denver or San Diego, and Denver has the number one pick. So you could say, yes, that's the least believable part of the movie is that the Denver Broncos have the number one overall pick. Or is it that you have this rapid courtship for insurance purposes at first between Jerry Maguire and Dorothy Boyd, of course, played by Renee Zellweger? Is it that Rod Tidwell, star wide receiver, the only deal that he can get marketing wise is for Camel Chevrolet? Yep. <laughs> or is it Rod Tidwell? And by the way, anytime I think of this movie, I can never remember Rod Tidwell. It's always Cuba Gooding Jr. So if I accidentally drop that, my apologies. But Or is it Rod Tidwell getting hurt and then, and then uh, popping back and up and doing the dance? <laughs> the most ridiculous yeah, dance ever. Yeah, they would ever. never let him do that. <laughs> if he's down on the ground for that <laughs> yes. long and he tries to get up, the doctors are going to be like, no, stay down, stay down. You can't do this. What are you doing? You're going to hurt your neck. Exactly. They'd be, that's probably it. That's probably the the biggest stretch. That's probably a bigger stretch than the Broncos having number one overall pick. And also the funny thing in that moment, it was, the movie came out in 1996, right? Yep. It's obviously this alternate universe in which the Broncos – don't have John Elway. Right. <laughs> yep. Where they're looking for a quarterback. Yeah, they already tried that with Tommy Max at the end of the first round in 1992. Yeah. And it didn't, didn't work out very well. Isn't that literally what John Elway said this past year? He, he mentioned, like, uh, and how'd that work out when they drafted Tommy Maddox? <laughs> he hasn't let that go. Oh, no. No, he certainly hasn't. And this, it's pretty incredible when you look back. And uh, until I look back, I didn't realize how many memorable quotes came from this movie. Of course, you have, show me the money. I want to stay in Arizona. I want my new contract. But I like you. Yes, I like you, Jerry. My wife likes you. You're good to my wife. I will stay with you. That's, that's great. I'm very happy. Are you listening? Yes. That's what I'm going to do for you. God bless you, Jerry. But this is what you're going to do for me. You listen, Jerry? Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me what can I do for you. It's a very personal, very important thing. Hell, it's a family model. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. And of course, I knew that that came from here. I didn't realize, Mace, that um, you had me at hello came from this movie. It's at the end. It's the climactic scene. I didn't realize that came from this movie. He, I thought I thought that was just, I thought okay. that was such a famous saying. It just came, you know, from hundreds of years All ago. Right. And I just hit on another. <laughs> Unbelievable part of this. Okay. So it's Monday night football in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. At Tem in, in Tempe, actually, because they're playing at Arizona State. 
it's Christmas night based on the count on the calendar. The because it's in 1995. You have the Cardinals and Cowboys. They played on Christmas night. That's where they shot the footage of that game. Okay. So the game it's in the Mountain Time Zone because Arizona was on Mountain Standard Time. This is an incredible breakdown. From Thank Mace. you. The game you will probably end about what nine o'clock, nine fifteen. Yep. And then Rod Tidwell, after the game, he has to go get dressed, do his, you know, do his media and all that. And of course, he comes out of the locker room, and he and Jerry Maguire have this big, long-lasting hug. Okay, so you figure what? It's been another thirty or forty minutes after the game, right? Yep. All right. <laughs> so. Now, Jerry has to get to Sky Harbor Airport and catch a plane back to Los Angeles. It's possible he could have gotten a cab and so you don't have to drop off the rental car. Right. So let's, and it's pre 9 11. So you could conceivably get to the airport within, you know, 30 minutes of your flight and you'd make it. So let's just say he's got a, he he, le- he leaves the locker room area and then quickly gets in a cab and hops over to Sky Harbor Airport. So probably walking, you know, even running out of the stadium, running to a cab, and then getting to the airport. That's what about twenty minutes. Yep. So okay, so we're now we're now at about ten twenty p.m. Best case scenario, or even I'd say at 10.25 p.m., best case scenario when he's getting on the plane. By far, yeah. And that's what, about an hour to LAX? Hour and 35-minute flight. Really? Yeah. Okay, an hour and 35 minutes. So he's landing at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Right, you you do gain the hour. Okay. L.A., you can't get anywhere very fast. Minimum 40 minutes to get to Dorothy's house, right? Yep. Yep. He gets there... (laughs) The group is still oh, together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Having just a, it seems like it's 6 p.m. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 the female support group, they're still there. At the earliest, it's what, midnight? It's 11, yeah. best case scenario, it's 11.40 p.m. And no, the music's not loud, no, people aren't falling over, it's yeah, not like usually a party. Yeah, usually at Christmas night, I mean, they're probably right. having a good old time, right? No, everyone just seems, you know. As sober as a preacher on Sunday. Okay? That's pretty unrealistic. The timeline doesn't work. That's what I'm telling you. The timeline does not work. Now, Mace, when you watch movies, is this going on while you're watching them? Do you just hate movies if they're unrealistic? Uh, it doesn't. This one didn't hit until the second or third time Fair. I saw it. It's funny because, you know, normally in a football movie, I would pick at the realism of the football play, and that's something we can kind of compare between the two movies. In Little Giants, that's off the table because they're kids, right? Okay, so of course it's gonna it, it's gonna look like you know two you know two packs chasing each other down the field, and everyone's gonna get distracted. They're kids. That's what happens. So in Jerry Maguire, there the football scenes are fairly limited. I mean, we talked about how it's probably unrealistic that Rod, that the doctors allow Rod Tidwell to get. And that's another thing. Even if though he's danced, they're probably telling Rod Tidwell, uh, we got to do an MRI here, so you got to get <laughs> oh, yeah. to the hospital. Oh, yeah. He, he, no, and he's just fine. And he's, he's, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> an x-ray something. Everything is just hunky-dory yep. after that moment. So, you know, the doctors usually be like taking every precaution, even in 1995. Yep. When it comes to a neck, I mean, obviously concussion things have changed, but with a neck injury, no one's ever taken any chances on that. No. Not in modern football history. So, yeah, that's... It's, it's interesting how citing the quote, you had me at hello, got us onto another unrealistic part of it. Now, of course, there are a lot of other, there are a lot of other good lines that kind of go under the radar. I enjoy the scenes where they, fla- they, they flash to Jerry Maguire's mentor in the agent business, Dickie Fox, mm-hmm. okay? The best one, of course, is... After Jerry and Dorothy have had their first, their night of passion, as it were, (laughs) and the alarm goes off, and clearly he doesn't want to get up. He's startled. He didn't get enough sleep. And you cut away to to Dickie Fox saying, I love getting up in the morning. (laughs) I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. (laughs) I love it. I, I, I do love that. But one other thing to discuss, this is obviously a bracket of, of sports movies, the entire 64, and our part of the bracket that we're discussing here is the football part, is Jerry Maguire's sports movie. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But. Or he, is, it a, is it a sports movie or is it a romantic comedy? It, hmm. Yes. Yes, is, is, is my answer. And because The Little Giants is in, in may, maybe these should have been two different brackets where you have Little Giants sort of movies where it revolves around, you know, everything's with sports. There's the, a lot of sports things going the, on. The climactic moment is the big game right. in Little Giants. I would argue that in Jerry Maguire, while you have what seems like a climax when. Rod Tidwell gets up and dances and then hugs Jerry Maguire after the game. The actual climax comes when he gets back home and says, we had a big night yep. and pours his heart out about this being a cynical world. <laughs> yeah. And Renee Zellweger, stop. You had me at hello. <laughs> and so I would put the Little Giants as a true sports movie. Yes. Whereas you have Jerry Maguire put, remember the Titans in this scenario that's as well, a sports where, where movie. it's so you, you think remember the titans is purely sports movie that's purely a sports movie really even everything else that's in it but it's all what's the climactic moment they win the state championship right yeah yeah and, and i would say remember the titans a little more in the middle but then on the, the complete opposite side you do have the jerry Maguire, where it is a movie that has sports involved Right. Could you? Okay. Here, here's the question. We had this Could discussion you have with made Bull Durham. This movie. What? Could you have made either of these movies and taken sports out of them and put maybe just another entity in? You couldn't have made the Little Giants no. by taking the sports part out. Could you have made Jerry Maguire by taking the sports out? And let's just say he's an agent of of an, an actor. Of an actor. And let's and say the climactic moment is the actor winning the Academy Award. Yeah. Yep, you could a, do a that. Shock, a, a shocker that he wins like best supporting actor at the Oscars or you know, or something like right. that. And he represents the actor and that's his only client and now that he's got 
he, he's got the statuette. He's going to be a lot more marketable and a lot, and the roles are going to get bigger and the money is going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And of course, the agent taking a percentage means that you're all going to re- reap the windfall. Yep. You could have, I mean, you could have it even with like, let's say you represent an author and then you open the New York Times bestseller list, list and you see that that book is number one. And you can, oh my, and yep. we had a very big night. Yep. Yep. You're so that is you're one thing that you right. could say that you could do this in other genres. One of the other movies, like in, going through the football bracket, for example, another movie that inspires the question, is it a football movie or is it something else, is The Blind Side. Yep. But the thrust of that story is. You know, find you know you, you. Not only do you find you know, Michael Owen, you take him in, but he finds that gift. But you know what you could have. You know what you could have done. That could have been about a musical prodigy. Yep. You know, so you, you find this this kid who you know has a terrible home life, but it turns out that he is like Mozart, or maybe a mathematical genius. Maybe maybe the Blind Side is just. A softer goodwill hunting. Oh, right. Yeah. About this prodigy in a field finally being revealed once you have once once you have other people that are able to guide and influence this young man. Yep. Yep. And that that's a perfect one because the blind side, whoever wins this matchup, will be going up against the blind side. Yeah, because the blind side is probably going to beat the program. Mm-hmm. That is a football movie. Yep. Kane is able. <laughs> the team that looks like Florida State but plays at South Carolina Stadium. <laughs> yep. That's where they did a lot of the filming at uh, Williams Bryce Stadium. Is that unrealistic Columbia, South to you? Carolina. The program? Yep. Actually, the, the program in some ways is one of the more realistic films in this. Over in the uh, the can bracket, there's a 10 seed that is in my opinion, though, a better version of the program, and that is Blue Chips, which is only a number 10 seed. Like, you got Blue Chips and Mystery Alaska in 7 versus 10. To me, there's no question. It has to be Blue Chips. Yeah. I'm actually waiting for a football Blue Chips. Hmm. You think it'll happen? I don't know. Center, you know, centering around the coach. Right. Who's kind of tortured. Any given Sunday has some of that, but there's a lot going on, a lot of divergent threads. Blue Chips is, is one is an underrated movie, in part. Well, first of all, Nick Nolte is amazing in that. You, yeah, you got Shaquille O'Neal that got a lot of attention, but Nick Nolte drives that film right from the opening where he gives that first speech, and he talks of, uh, before a game when the team is struggling. Don't you know how bad I want this team to to play? <laughs> I want this team to play so bleeping bad i can taste it <laughs> i guess what i'm saying i want a movie kind of like that and there there's some any given sunday i think may, some may argue for that's the six seed by the way and this against number 11 the longest yard so who are you going with jerry Maguire, little giants it's not close taking? it's not close just like both of these are kind of the david versus goliath mm-hmm. and the underdog stories this one is the exact same with Jerry Maguire. They're the four seed. Four seeds typically win. This is a blowout, Mace. Jerry Maguire takes this one because when I look at these movies, I think of Little Giants as the cute the cute film. 
You know, it, it, it's it's fun to watch, feels good. And when I think of Jerry Maguire, I think movie. Yes. And maybe that's why it's good. Well, Cuba that Gooding Jr. Not, did win an mm-hmm. Oscar. And Tom Cruise and it was, was nominated. A lot of nominations for this film. Nominated for Best Picture. Yes. So just right there, that tells you. And then Mace, the box office, not 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 the box office by by any means, says how good a movie was. The budget for Little Giants was $20 million. Yes. You know what they brought home in the box office? Probably about $18 million. Oh my gosh, that's an incredible. That's incredible, guys. Nineteen I'm, million. I'm so, not looking at it. Dude, that's incredible. So just I'm looking there? at the box office for Jerry uh-huh. Maguire right now, uh-huh. which is two hundred and seventy-three point uh-huh. six million, with a budget of fifty million. So in the box office, Little Giants lost a million dollars with Jerry Maguire up up two twenty. And again, it felt like Little Giants was on HBO all the time back in the nineties. Yeah, which is how I'm familiar with it. Yeah, on HBO, huh? Yeah. That's that's I, I would have thought like Nickelodeon. No, because it was a recent film and it, there was a time like HBO wouldn't program R-rated movies for a while on their primary network until 8 p.m. at night Eastern time. Really? Yeah. Well, that's not the HBO I know. <laughs> no, it's also not Skin and Max either. But that's a, no, another well, discussion exactly. entirely. <laughs> yeah, I got to go Jerry Maguire as well. Little Giants. It's a good picture. I I would have it seated ahead of the program, so I would move. I would move it up a line or two on the seating if it were just my seating. But uh, Jerry Maguire, I, even though it may be a film that you can have in other genres, it's still one of the most memorable f- sports films of all time and quotable, like you said, to this day. I mean, show me the money. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And that's never going away. That's just, yeah. That is a part of the zeitgeist, a part of the lexicon. Yep. Like some like other things from the nineties, like how Seinfeld quotes linger. Right. Show me the money is one as well. Although I love the entire scene. Oh god. I love it when he's I love it when he puts the gives the phone to his brother Teepee. Hello, brother McGuire. <laughs> he's complaining about the flood and how he needs a new house because there's a flood in Teepee's room. Yep. Oh, that that scene is so fantastic. And, 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 and you see all the calls that are on hold, and you, you see about a dozen lights blinking, and then fewer blink, and then he's done. He keeps Rod Tidwell. He's lost all the other clients. And, of course, Jerry, Sugar. Jerry has to be screaming this in his office with everyone looking at him. And man, the th- some of the things that uh, some that, of the things that Rod makes him scream are hilarious. <laughs> All righty, so that's our evaluation of Jerry Maguire versus Little Giants. We hope you'll vote on everything, all the matchups in the DNVR, DNVR movie bracket for the week. For Zach Stevens, I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for listening.